Hey guys, uh, and welcome to episode 39 of The Game Train. Uh, as always, I'm Carl Smith and I've got Callan Davison right here. Hello, Carl. How are you today? I'm really, really good, actually. It's getting much closer to E3 and we are just getting hyped. This is um, this is a quite a big episode we've got coming up. We've got lots to talk about on here. You know, we're going to be jumping into our Detroit Become Human review finally we're going to be uh having a look at the new mario tennis aces which everyone's a little bit excited about so that's really cool and there's a there's a whole bunch of news we do our you know our rounds of uh playstation plus versus games with gold again because it's that time of month and um oh just just a whole bunch of stuff man i'm just looking at our notes here and it's it's a little bit scary but before all of that let's uh let's jump into the news Sports Open in Melbourne has officially been announced by the Victorian government with a five-year contract. Um, and it's going to be taking place this September and will be held at Melbourne Park Tennis Precinct. As we alluded to the other week, Pokemon Let's Go is coming. That's right. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee is properly official now. It will be out the 16th of November on Switch. It is a remake of Pokemon Yellow. Uh, incorporating some Pokemon Go mechanics. Also, Nintendo have announced the um, Pokeball Joy-Con as well, which you'll be able to use with the game, so it can feel like you're actually throwing a Pokeball out in battle. Yeah, and I hear that you're also able to take it out on the go and level up Pokemon inside it. Yeah, you can transport Pokemon to and from Go, it seems, as well. Oh, man. A lot more on that coming soon, I'm very sure. Um, Also... Fallout 76 has been officially announced. Uh, we're not completely sure what it is yet. We're Take sure we'll find out a lot more at E3. Country <laughs> With a great song on it as well, which I'll be recording a version of very soon. It uh, looks like it's going to be something to do with online play. It's also the um, it's set in the earliest time of all the Fallout games, which is really exciting. Before Super Mutants. We don't know a lot else, but yeah, um, you know, keep an eye out and we'll have a lot more on that when we find out. Again, it seems like this is news almost every year now, but another Assassin's Creed game has been leaked. That's right, the most <laughs> leaked franchise in history now. Um, leaked oh. This time, it leaked with a picture of a keychain going online. So someone's gotten one from a goodie bag or something, taken a picture of it. This one is called Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It is going to be set in ancient Greece. And we'll hear more information on this game at E3. So Ubisoft have come out. They dropped a five-second clip on on Twitter for it. And they said more yep. info at E3. So it's legit. It's happening. It may come out this year. We have no idea. I think it will. The first Far Cry 5 DLC, the big one, is uh, is out now. Hours of Darkness, which is uh, focuses on stealthy survival in the Vietnam War. And also, for anyone who pre-ordered Far Cry 5, the Far Cry 3 remaster is also out now. Team Sonic Racing has been announced for the Nintendo Switch, and it should be out this summer, Australian summer, or American winter, depending where you are in the world. Uh, the next LEGO game has been announced, LEGO DC Super Villains, which is due in October 16th. Code Vein got its release date finally. It will be out September 28th this year on the Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Uh, the evidence points to Fortnite coming to Switch. Now, it looks quite solid, but again, we don't really like to uh, report it until it's completely 
true except this this is like right on the surface there people are saying some things but a lot more on that when we hear more legitimate this news. will be uh, the first battle royale game on switch as well yeah this could be huge this will officially topple um pubg i reckon like fortnite and pubg are just at it you know at each other's throats but like fortnite is kind of spreading it's it's like the flood in halo because it's also on ps4 and now and you know now it's also going to be on the switch like yeah, they're, they're pretty unstoppable. Talking about unstoppable companies, Rockstar has announced nice. there will be timed exclusive content for the PlayStation 4 version of Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> um, no actual details what this um, exclusive content's going to be yet, whether it's hats or, you know, full missions or whatever. We don't know. No details are out yet, but we will let you know when we hear about it. Also... They have announced that um, there is a collector's edition coming for Red Dead Redemption 2. It will be $159.95 recommended retail price Australian. Okay. And this is what it is in it. It is a, a metal box with lock and key, a collectible challenge coin, a double-sided puzzle, a six-shooter bandana, a treasure map, a pin set, playing cards... Uh, Wheeler, Rawson, and Co. catalog, and 12 cigarette cards. Uh, but the video game itself is not included. <laughs> that is, that is rich for, and it's the most expensive pack too. Yeah, hundred and sixty dollars, and then you got to go pay ninety bucks for the game. So you're paying two hundred and fifty bucks or whatever for, for this. Wow! Wow! The uh, the Destiny Two Forsaken expansion has been announced that their big year two content uh it's coming in uh september 4th um and apparently it's like everything that fans have been asking for and talking about they've they've put it all into here it's going to take place on the tangled shore on the reef and there's just a whole bunch of stuff they've added you have to check out the video we put it on our um our facebook page they've got um the kinetic slot can now have shotguns there's a bow and arrow slot with short medium and long range bow and arrow there's a weapon mod system where you can level up your weapons over time there's now like all new super abilities um i think there's nine of them uh and some of them include like fire knives which does what it sounds like a giant hammer tornado uh the warlock can teleport in all different locations and explode at the end there's a new multiplayer competitive pve mode which looks awesome fun um, and you're fighting AI enemies together while still like sending off someone to go and fight the other team. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it, it looks messy in the best of ways. There's a new raid. It's called the Dreaming City, which will have more bosses than any previous raid. Um, and more activities will be added over time. I don't know how that works, but that's kind of cool. Um, there's a new collection features, with, which just kind of lets you track all the items. Like it opens up a menu, which makes it really clear. Sort of similar thing as well, uh, called the Triumphs record, showing off all your achievements and how to keep up and what's close and all that kind of thing. Um, and there's there's more too. This is just all the stuff I had that I took notes down while watching the um, the release sort of trailer. Um, and that'll be that'll be coming out. That you can you can buy that on its own. Not sure of the prices just yet. Or you can buy it with this new thing they're doing called the annual pass, which which seems interesting. So, um, yeah, look out for all that stuff. Holy moly, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I almost feel like this is almost Destiny 2.5 or Destiny 3. 
with the amount of stuff they're putting into this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's kind of how they treated Destiny 1 when they released The Taken King. They really treated that like 1.5. And that's kind of when all the fans just went, oh, okay, this is now the game that we wanted. So, so why didn't they do this to begin with? I don't know. I You know, like... I guess they're just still finding out what fans really want, which is weird though, because in the when they first released Destiny 2, they seem to have taken away so much. But I feel like it's to create longevity, so that you know they've got you hanging on with just enough, but still not quite the right thing that you want. So that on their year two thing, it'd be like, here's all this stuff that you really want. Now play our game for a whole other year and bring your friends. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I think so, but. Yeah, look out for that as, uh, and, you know, more news as that comes. But uh, for now, that's the news. That takes us to uh, to our little chat now that we're going to have about E3, um, which you'll be hearing a lot this episode, us talking about, because, um, well, it's just around the corner. So we're going to be, uh, we've got a lot of plans for E3. Man, I don't even know where to start. Well, let's start with the start. I'm heading across... On Thursday this week, which is tomorrow, I don't know when you guys listen to this. Probably um, right now. So, <laughs> well you're, done. You're probably on the plane as most people are listening yeah, to this episode. Yeah, it could be. Uh, right, so pretty much um, every year at E3, there is a heap of press conferences leading up to the E3 event itself. So, Carl doesn't actually get into LA until the day before E3, but I'll be there at the start for a few of these press conferences, etc. So, yes. I'll be attending two in person the Microsoft conference and the PC gaming conference. You lucky bastard. I'll also be attending the EA play event. So it's not the conference, but I'll get a chance to play a bunch of EA games as well. So just bear with us here. So for each conference, like last year, uh, we'll be putting together express cast, pretty much a few minutes summary of what announcements are happening from each, um, from each press conference. Just a, you know, like, all right, bang, 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 you know? Then, yeah. for the EA Play event, I'll be putting together a little podcast about the games I played there. I'm also attending a three-hour media event with Microsoft on the Monday morning. Again, I'll probably be putting together a little piece from there as well, depending on what I play. Yeah. Nice. Then, each day at E3, we'll be doing a daily recap of of everything we see at um, around E3. So we're spending three full days at the Expo, which is how long it goes for, funnily enough. Yep, nice. Uh, we've got a heap of interviews booked in for different things. Um, we get some exclusive looks at things, which we'll then we'll be talking about in the daily recaps. We'll also have some video content eventually going up as well, much like our PAX and EB Games um videos from last year plus some extra things depending on what we get because we don't even know some of the things we're going to be getting at this stage yeah true that so for example if we get like an interview of like todd howard or something like that magically we might put up that whole interview yeah if that happened we definitely would (laughs) but we are we are going to this is going to be game train's biggest content drop since we've started oh yeah absolutely there there are literally going to be over 10 podcasts dropping in the next seven days so get your ears ready to listen. But if you also want to watch <laughs> all of these um, press conferences live as they're going out on, on YouTube or Twitch, you can. there's a variety of places. IGN has a streaming service up for them. Um, you can watch them on Twitch. You can watch them on YouTube. 
uh, just look around the internet, but I'll read out the times, Australian Eastern Standard Time for them all, okay? EA, nice. Sunday, June 10th, 4 a.m. in the morning. Microsoft, Monday, June 11th, 6 a.m. in the morning. Bethesda, Monday, June 11th, 11.30 in the morning. Square Enix, Tuesday, June 12th, 3 a.m. in the morning. Ubisoft, Tuesday, June 12th, 6 a.m. in the morning. PC Gaming, Tuesday, June 12th, 8 a.m. in the morning. Sony, June 12th, 11 a.m. in the morning. And Nintendo, uh, Wednesday, June the 13th, 2 a.m. in the morning. Nice. Wow. And um, we've got like a little bit of info. There's not a whole lot. Like all I have here is that the uh, Sony have announced what they're mainly showing. And it's they say that theirs is going to be four games. Yes. Which is Ghost of Tsushima, The Last of Us Part 2, Death Stranding, and Spider-Man. Well, they're doing a thing called deep diving in their press conference where they'll talk about each game probably for about 15 to 20 minutes show gameplay, probably developers up on stage and things like that. And I reckon there'll be some other announcements too on stage. Oh, definitely. I'm so surprised that... I mean, I'm stoked, but I'm very surprised that Death Stranding's on there because, like, we just keep seeing that, like, year after year. And it's like... I felt like saying, you know, like, just... I don't want to see any more of this until there's like legitimate gameplay to show. This and maybe, is probably going to be the gameplay showing. I Yeah, hopefully. I, I just feel like I'm surprised they're ready. It just seems like, you know, like the first two trailers, they didn't even have an engine when yep. they showed those. So yep. it's like, how how do you have gameplay already? Yeah. But, you know, kudos. And I'm so curious what that game even is. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh oh yeah, we've got a we've got a lot of content coming out for you guys though, like over next week. Oh, yeah. So stay it's tuned. Be nuts. Be- before we move on, have you got any more last minute final predictions before we head off to the adventure? Sure, let's go. Let's go. Fallout seventy six will drop this year. That's been announced. Yep. No date's been given yet, but Bethesda normally when they announce stuff seem to drop it in that same year now. It seems to be their thing. They've done it the last couple of years. They don't like to yep. show stuff too early. So it might even be, it goes into, because it's supposed to be this online survival game. It might even go to, into early access, rumors being the 6th of July, which in America yep. dates is 7th of the 6th, 7 slash 6, 76. There you go. Nice, nice. Um, well and then, you know, it could go into early access then and release next year. That's a very probable thing that could happen. Yeah, yeah. It is a type of game, well, from what we're hearing, yeah, could go early access yeah i also feel that sony is going to announce one of their big games like a last of us 2 or a ghost of tsushima to drop at the end of this year in the november december window ah okay i think ghost of tsushima would have the better chance but i i'd be super happy if uh they decided to just randomly drop last of us 2 this year yeah, I don't know what if they do that with the days gone just around the corner as well though. You know, like such a similar sort of tone of like out in the forest with zombies. Yeah. I don't know if true. Sony needs two of those at the same time unless one of them's next year. Well, they've, I, I think they've already said days, days gone, gone is, is next year. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Well. But oh, they, they then again they might just save one of the like Last of Us for that window where God of War dropped, which seems to be quite a popular window to drop your games in now yeah yeah that's how true. about yourself what do you got any more predictions oh i don't have i have this funny one which i don't like okay but it's still it's still there in my brain i have this thing because 
I feel like Xbox really, really need this year to just like smash out games and exclusives and make a real big point about like what's coming or, you know, what's around the bend and all that kind of thing. But PlayStation have just seemed to be like almost like just bullying them in, in their own game. And I have a feeling that PlayStation announcements like exclusive annou- announcements are going to outnumber Xbox two to one. I disagree. You reckon? Yeah, I feel like I, I, I think making after, a point now. I, I sat down last night and actually watched the start of Microsoft's press conference again. I was showing Dad, you know, what the whole go is with stuff at E3. We watched a bit of a yep. documentary on the history of E3 and all that, which was kind of cool. Um, and then watched a bit of that just to show him where I was going to, because he's pretty sort of keen on interest and stuff, and he's down here visiting at the moment. So um, I was watching it, and Microsoft walked it. Um, Phil Spencer walks out that on that presser at the start, and he's like, "We are showing like forty-two games this presser." Now that presser went for an hour and forty-five minutes, and a good ten minutes was talking about the Xbox One X at the start. This year, supposedly, the presser is supposed to go for two hours. I've got a feeling they'll walk out and they go, right, we had 42 games last year. We got 56 this year, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, like I said, that's what they need. They need that so, so bad this year. Like, it just needs to be like game, 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 game. Yes. Get off. Yep, exactly. Don't talk to us about new controllers. Don't talk to us about like this intertwining stuff with Netflix or I don't like, or anything. Or don't talk about some new online you know game pass versions or whatever that you had. just games like just just games two hours of just Nothing games else. yep they need to that's they so need to just get on and say oh we're just going to talk about games today there is nothing else that matters nothing else is important to us you know games yep man so that'd be that'd be a bold move but i think that's like really what they need it's, it's, um, it's gonna be exciting that, sitting in that crowd though oh it'll be awesome man I'm I'm so jealous of you. But then at the same time, I feel like... Because when we went to EB Expo last year, we went into like the theater and we watched pretty much almost like a copy of the Eve 3 presser. that, And they did like yep. a, a smaller keynote there about Microsoft games and stuff. But when I, yep. when I watched it there in that crowd of people, I just didn't feel drawn in to what I was seeing on the screen. Yeah, because you knew for a fact that it's stuff that's already been announced, though. Yeah, I guess so. I guess like I don't know. I don't know. It was just edgy seat, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I was like watching the Minecraft trailer and we're watching the gameplay of uh, Shadow of War and and things like that, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but if you're sitting in that like Xbox or you know just watching it live, and all of a sudden this like skateboard comes grinding oh my down God. the staircase. You know what I mean? If you hear it, if like, you hear someone scream at the mark <laughs> during the Marcus Oppressor when that happens, yep. that would be me. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just scream really loud. Scream scream um gametrain.com <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rush the stage times. in my game train shirt. Oh my god. Yep. Good times and no, no pants, just so it's memorable. Whoa! <laughs> wow. Um, well, aside from that, my other prediction is some sort of Halo battle royale, whether it's for the old Halo or the upcoming one. What about Crackdown Three being just turned into a battle royale? Yeah, maybe Crackdown Three needs to go away and come back when it's fixed. Yeah, like 
just stop with the with the crackdown three like you know and we know we all know that that's a dud game as it is yeah. and it needs to just be completely redone like just take it away don't talk about it for another year or two and come back when it's like when there's something to wow us with because that's that's such a strong pillar that they've just kind of fizzled out and and wasted okay you're not on purpose i've got a random question for you off the top of my head i'm not hitting you man oh well okay Okay. tap me okay uh how many battle royale games do you think is going to be announced over e3 like we've already seen call of duty announce one how many new ones do you reckon we're going to see over e3 five i'm i'm gonna say four yep and five wouldn't surprise me but does that include the call of duty one or not Yes, yeah. Okay. Call of Duty. I reckon there might be some sort of weird Halo one. Um, oh, I'd be. You know what? I want to see like a cute one, like a Plants vs Zombies or some like something or like a Nintendo Pokemon-y, You know, something like cute and not violent, but still same thing. PUBG as well. What about a Rabbids Battle Royale? Yeah, I something like yeah, like a mascotty something like that would be really cool. Um, and I don't know what else, like Gears of War, maybe? I don't know. Something else. Yeah, okay, right. Or oh, maybe they could do like a really, really ginormous, um, uh, what's that? Rocket League Battle Royale. Whoa. Like a car like, Battle Royale. Yeah, like imagine if they brought back Twisted Metal, but did it like Battle Royale. Okay. Wow, I'm hyped for that right now. I just invented it in my head and I want it. Cool, go tell PlayStation when you're there or Microsoft. Mo- go tell Microsoft. PlayStation they- don't need any more games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> go tell Microsoft. Let's give Phil Spencer a call. A, l- a little heads up and go, hey, I'm just going to say this. Yeah. This Twisted Metal Battle Royale. Or like Worms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> worms, yeah. Worms Battle Royale. All right. Like, just this really long 2D yeah. thing. We, we should keep moving, though, rather than talk about all the Battle Royales that will come out. We should. All right. Um, so I'm just going to quickly move into this, uh, which I like to talk about every time it happens, but we're in that uh, PlayStation Plus versus Games with Gold. All right. So this time around, we've got, with Games with Gold, the wonderful Assassin's Creed Chronicles Russia and... Smite okay. for the Xbox One. All right. So, uh, yep. And then for Xbox 360, they've got Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed and Lego Indiana Jones 2: The New Adventures. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That's that's in the red corner, and over here in the in the blue corner, PlayStation Plus. Should it be the green corner? I suppose so, but I mean, I was just trying to talk sports, but yeah, yep. Yeah, if you're going to just take that and really run with it yep. and take some facts. So in the green <laughs> corner was Xbox, and in the blue corner. Yep, okay. And in the blue corner, we've got PlayStation Plus with XCOM 2 already wins and Trials Fusion, which is not the best Trials, but still a very, very fun and good game. So, uh, and then, so they already win with just XCOM 2 by itself or just anything at all. <laughs> um, and then with PS3... They've got Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Future Soldier and Zombie Driver HD Complete Edition. So, I don't know. To me, I think PlayStation wins quite easily yep. by a landslide. Yep. Easy easy win by PlayStation this month. Hopefully, yep. hopefully Xbox pick it up next month. Yeah, come on, guys. I mean, XCOM 2, I've actually never played it myself, so I'm excited to try that. And it was just one of the like best-reviewed games in ages when that came out. So, yeah. well done, PlayStation. So... 
let's jump into um, games we've been playing. You and I, we jumped into the... Um, we never got a chance to play any of these together, but we had a go of uh, both the Crew 2 and the Mario Tennis sort of betas and demos. Uh, let's just talk about Crew 2 real quickly. Yeah. Um, how did you feel? Uh, yeah, it was all right. It's coming out uh, this year. It's made by uh, Ubisoft. It was it was all right. You know, it's a racing game where you can race as cars, um, boats, planes. or planes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it felt fine. Like a like, massive uh, open world. Like, I, I, I'd, I had fun with it. Yeah. It was, I don't know. So, so it's like this huge open world where you could go around and pick your activities and it felt like it should be um, Forza Horizon, but better because there's more things to do. But like, it still didn't catch that whatever it is that Forza Horizon games have. And yeah. I don't know why, like this, you know, like the formula is all there to be that plus more because you've also got planes and boats. Um, maybe it's the controlling itself. Like I had a lot of fun with it and I think it's also one of my favorite map viewers I've ever used. I'm a big fan of the maps in games. And this one was just like, amazing and like you could go out and see the whole map kind of drawn in and then you could zoom right in any point in there like they're kind of pretend america and you zoom right in until like you're in as far as the cars go and you can go even closer until you see like gravel or grass like right down like it, it was really nice and you could bend the camera sort of back and and see like a view of the like horizon very pretty and then jumping into like your different um, activities was really quick too. Like the loading time seemed to go great, except for photo mode. Okay. Not so good there. Yep. But um. But yeah, I don't know. Something about something just wasn't clicking like the way that for uh, the Forza Horizon, Forza Horizon. Sorry, I tried that eight times. Uh, seemed to do. You know, with their open world racing sort of thing. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I thought but it was yeah, all right. So- you know, um, I'm looking forward to the full game. It's hard to get gauge from a beta at times. It really is. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other one was the uh, Mario Tennis that they had up over the weekend. Yes, yeah. Um, that, that was fun. Oh, mate, that was, that was super fun. Like, as soon as I started playing a minute in, I'm like, this is this is a great tennis game already. I hadn't even learned yep. the super moves and played as other characters and things like that. So I, I did the tutorial, which was all right. Then I went on online and, and smashed someone online, which was pretty fun. Nice. So, well done. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it felt it felt really solid. I mean... Nintendo just have their sort of tennis fun sort of right. It's kind of exactly what they did with Mario Kart. Like they have this genre and they just like think like what is the the most it's not just fun, but it's like the most satisfying mechanic. Like it feels good. The hit you know, the hit circles are like very satisfying. You don't have to be like exactly on the ball, but it still feels like it's you making an effort to get that ball across and make it there and adding the super moves and all the different strategies just like really builds this beautiful kind of gameplay loop. It's almost like a fighting game, you know, like in the end, like you're playing like street fighter or Mortal Kombat, like you have counter moves and you see them do something. You're like, all right now quick brain. What do I do now to like counter this move and how do I get them back? And you can like, you, you know, I guess even more to the fighting game thing, you can actually make them KO almost and break all their rackets. Yeah. Which is really cool. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to play that and do some multiplayer and you know play against friends as well. Yes, that one's looking really cool. Exactly. All right, and uh, yeah, the the other one I played uh, during the week was uh, the Dark Souls remastered. Yes, how was that? Yeah, it was good. It's still Dark Souls One. Uh, it's just a lot cleaner graphics. Uh, it's pretty smooth. 
I, yep. I found. Um, it looks okay, but the first Dark Souls never looked great in terms of graphics. Um, yep. I'm not quite up to where I originally got. I'm probably, uh, I reckon, about two bosses behind where I got up to last time, but I'm getting close. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. d- died a bunch of times, sometimes to dumb stuff, but hey, that's that's how I roll. Um, yeah, you know, if you're a fan of the series, go check it out. If you haven't played it before, go check it out. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot easier than Bloodborne and uh, Neo because the bosses aren't as complicated. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Especially yep. like the first boss and, and things like that. I remember playing Dark Souls and going, oh my gosh, but now it's like, uh, this isn't that hard. There's not much that you got to worry about. Uh, okay, it's just kind of staying on top of it and more of a repetitive pattern. Yeah, it's like the boss is a big hammer and you just circle him and keep hitting him or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or, yep. or things like, like, another one I was fighting this, like, bug thing on a bridge and I kept shooting it with my spells and dodging its little spit and then it would go sit on the side of the bridge and I'd run up and hit with my sword Then you avoid its big sort of other attack then it goes back to flying around you shoot it with spells again. You know, it just, yeah. Nice. But the bosses, the, the monsters still hit hard. You know, you still die really quick if you mess up. You can't you can't mess yeah. up still, but it's a lot simpler patterns that you got to work out than in like terms of Neo where I've had some real freaking just bosses that were just like, what? And it took me like several goes to get the gist of the fight down and then execute that fight, you know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it, is it... um. I've never actually played any of the Dark Souls games, but is it like qu- quite a bit slower as well in your actual gameplay and your character? Uh, compared to like Neo, Neo is just like running as Usain Bolt versus you. Wow. Uh, it, it's a lot. Well, but that's what Neo's design was. And the original Dark Souls was a bit slower paced. Like Bloodborne's a lot quicker as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But I do enjoy having a shield. Oh my gosh. It's so nice to have a shield again and just being able to oh. block and deflect things is just so nice nice oh yeah and um updates on your your neo oh. progress on uh, on twitch which by the way you guys can catch us on uh twitch.tv slash game train twitch yes so uh we we're on there a bunch uh callan does a variety stream on thursdays at 8 p.m and he does uh his neo challenge every sunday and wednesday from 8 p.m so how has that been going yeah good i'm getting closer to the end now Nice. Uh, I'm probably, uh, I reckon, two sessions off the end. Um, oh, okay. I've died over 200 times, I think 230-something times now, compared to Bloodborne, and I went through Bloodborne and all the DLC and only died 177 times, so I've already died more times. Wow. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize you did all the DLC on Bloodborne as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, so I've got the DLC downloaded for Neo as well, so I'll be doing the DLC after I finish the game, so I think I'll easily hit over 300 deaths on this one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of weights. That's crazy. It's a lot of weights. Yeah. You must be getting pretty fit. Um, it's hilarious. Looking. I went and saw, I, I had a weigh-in at the gym the other day. And um, since February, I'm like, what? I've only lost 100 grams since February. Are you serious? And my PT's like, yeah, but you've dropped 7% body fat. So I dropped like six kilos and added five kilos back in muscle. <laughs> Well, thanks to video games. Yeah. <laughs> she said, I said, how's this possible? She said, it's because of your consistent schedule that you've been going with that it's just sort of happened. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I haven't dropped in terms of kilograms, but my body's changed in terms of 
um, uh, muscle. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm still overweight. I still got to drop kilos, but yeah. Damn. Mm. Well, um, I think that's all the, uh, Oh, the uh, one quick playing? one. I did try, you spoke about the Far Cry, uh, DLC. I tried out oh, Hours yeah. of Darkness last night. Okay, cool. How's that? Uh, yeah, it was all right. You're in the Vietnam jungle, um, set in the Vietnam war. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it felt like it was Far Cry 5 with a code of Vietnam over the top, really. Okay, but you, so are you in like a different map completely? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got its own map. There's challenges, there's um, watchtowers to take down, there's encampments to take down, there's prisoners to rescue, etc. So the objective is to get from one side of the map to the other, where, which is the extraction point, but along the way there's a heap of stuff you can do. Wow, and how big is the map? Like, is it like one of the sections in the original yeah, map? Yeah, yeah. Imagine one of the zones, like um, yep. like John's zone, but yep. the Vietnam jungle. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. Oh, and you can play it all co-op as well. Oh well, we have to jump on and at least have a stream of that then. I That'd reckon. be kind of fun. Yeah. Plus, I'd I'd love to see that sort of because it was just so beautiful. It just got a little bit repetitive after a few hours of just that. That yeah. particular and, landscape. And so it, it, feel, it feels like um, doing this co-op would be better than the full game because the full game, you want to experience the story and do all the stuff yourself. Well, this is like, oh, I just want to get to the end of it. But yeah. doing it with a mate, you know. More news on that once we have a date and uh, plan something. But yeah, we'll definitely let you guys know. But I think, is that all the games we've been playing besides our big review title? Oh, I finished the Halo series. Wow. I've been busy. Yep. You have been busy. I, you know, for people who think that I've just neglected all our gaming, I have been editing and filming two music videos, so I've been doing things as well. Yep. Not just going like, that's enough games for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, last time I think I was up to Halo 4. Yeah, were you? Yeah, you were. Yeah, so I've finished Halo 4 and 5 now, so I'm done. Nice. Yep. All ready for Halo Battle Royale. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice, so... You're all up to date. You probably know more and are aware of more Halo than I am now because it's also fresh in your brain. Yeah, and and five ended on a cliffhanger, so it's like hurry up and release six now. I'm ready. Well, mate, you can't talk. Everyone else has been waiting for like years. <laughs> you have to wait for like. Mate, I finished five the game last or... week. I want six now. <laughs> You're used to waiting like most people wait three years for a Halo game. You used to you waited like three minutes and went, yeah, I'm ready for the next one and in and play. Yeah, because I was finishing a Halo and then starting the next one off the bat. You know, <laughs> it was kind of fun. <laughs> wow, that's that's called doing a Callan now. Yeah, ever since you did it with the Uncharted game. Yeah, I think I did seven Halo games in three weeks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should start a new segment called "Play It Till You Hate It." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, um, let's move on uh, to this week's shout out, which has to be Born and Thread. That's right. Uh, Dan from Born and Thread uh, helped us out this year with our shirts, stickers and business cards for E3. Yes. And we will be you'll be seeing it a lot because, you know, as well as um, we forgot to mention, Callum was talking about all the like bajillion podcasts we'll be doing in the next couple of weeks but we're also also going to be doing um a lot of videos which if you guys saw our videos for uh for pax and for the e- uh the eb expo which was filmed by genghis tuan our our media man 
he'll be coming with us actually to LA and he'll be filming all this and Dan from uh, Born and Thread is going to help us look super fly because he's got some really cool shirts and we'll be putting those stickers everywhere we can. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, thanks for that. And he jump on and check it if you need any kind of like printing done and original art as well, which is the extra thing that I think he offers, which is, you know, different from everywhere else. Because, I mean, some people do the art as well, but his style is just one that I've been in love with forever. Like he does really cool original art plus he'll take your own designs and help you make them look and feel the best they can for the print um you know he does t-shirts screen printing all that kind of stuff but yeah check it out on um bornthread.com which is just b-o-r-n-a-n-d-t-h-r-e-a-d.com jump on there have a look at his work he's based in melbourne but um yeah just he does great work and it's uh, independently owned by him and yeah he's He's very fair and very helpful. Awesome dude. Yeah. Dan Simmons from uh, yep. Born and Thread. All Bam. right. So, having said all that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to this episode's feature game, Detroit Become Human. My name is Kara. This is where it all began. The world's forge. And it will all end. You do the housework, the washing, you cook the meals, and you take care of Alice. My name is Connor. I'm the android sent by CyberLife. The company has allocated a specialized model to assist investigators. My name is Marcus. Just like you, I was a slave. Thank you, Marcus. All right. Um, Detroit Become Human. This is a, a game developed by Quantic Dream and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment, exclusive for the PlayStation 4. These are the guys that made Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Uh, I think David Cage is sort of the big name that they stand on by the the writer and director of the games, but obviously there's a a huge team. Uh, You play as three characters, Connor, Marcus, and Kara, who are all androids, and it is a plot about the revolution... Uh, of android kind and their journey to become human. That's kind of <laughs> well done. Yeah, thank you. You like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, geez, how do you even explain? If if you've played Heavy Rain, then you kind of know what this is. If you haven't, it's an interactive choose your own adventure story. Yeah, but like it's got its own sort of style. It's not like the Telltale games uh, so much. Like there's, it's very simple. You're not like aiming and shooting and jumping and all that. It's it's kind of like all quick time events. Yep. But but they're not all timed perfectly. Like some of them, like it's just like you doing these little simple actions to open doors and pick things up and, and look at things. And each of the characters play quite differently, uh, even though the whole game sort of has its own theme. Like Connor is a bit more like um, detective-y. Like he's got a lot of scenes like in the Arkham games where you can look at certain objects and, you know... I, I got a mean. I got a very um uh LA, LA noir feel from the from the Connor story. Yes, yeah, yep. Yep, absolutely. Whereas Marcus has a few more like actiony sequences where you're pressing buttons just in time to do, you know, jumps and you know like looking around and sussing how you can best traverse a section. Uh and then Kara's has a lot more like and they all have elements of these in each other's, but Kara's sort of has a lot more um I guess, text choices under pressure, like what should I be saying 
in this particular moment and you only have like a certain amount of time to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like it, I guess because there's not a lot of, it's not open world or it's not anything big like that. Or like, you know, you're not running around playing with all different mechanics. It's very controlled. And because of that, it looks just impeccable. Like oh, the graphics are amazing beautiful. on this game. Like it, it, it looks great. Like the facial features, the the uh, the lip syncing and all that is 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 really 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 well done. Yeah, um, and and even the landscapes and like the buildings yeah. and the roads and all that stuff, like signs. Yeah, and, and oh, the looks... way that they've gone and set the scene, how androids are being oppressed, and it, it's a game with a lot of uh, oppression themes through it. I'd say. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And absolutely. Then, and each character has their own sort of, I guess, well, we said they've all got their own story. So Connor is like uh, a detective android, the first of its kind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, most advanced. Yeah, yeah. And But he's like all by the book, straight down the line. Marcus is the android that kicks off the revolution. Yes, yep. And, and Kara is like, um, takes on a mother role with, uh, with the girl Alice. Yeah, game. and she's showing the first signs of like love and family, and seeing yeah. what it's like to take on that role, like for real, not just a babysitter, but actually having a child in her care. Yeah, that's right. And you know, we we don't want to delve too much into the story because it would just wreck it for everyone. Because this game is all about the story, and it's about the choices yeah. you make, and that's what um, sets each person's game apart as well. Carl and I were discussing in full spoiler style, uh, our stories before before, uh, we got on the podcast today. I had a terrible ending with mine. Mine was an absolute (laughs) mess. Yeah, a train wreck of an ending. Mine was an absolute train wreck of an ending, while Carl got almost a flawless perfect ending. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Yeah, nearly, nearly. But I mean, there's just so many, like, it's almost hard to even pick, like, so I got a good ending, but there's I think there's many endings in the way that mine is with the same outcomes but with different in different situations. Like, oh, it's just hard to explain without spoiling anything. This it's a very delicate review to do right here. But um Yeah. Well all your choices have outcomes throughout the game. And f- like finally, right? Like so many games and game developers say like, Oh, I'll play this game where every decision matters and it's like, well, does it? Because in so many of those games, like it just changes the way something inevitably happens anyway. Whereas this time, decisions finally feel like they really matter. Like things happen towards the end of the game or like 10 hours in and you have a flashback of like something you did way at the start and you you know as a player and you can feel the impact of that decision and you can feel like, wow, if I didn't do that, none of this would be possible. Yep. Also, if you do the wrong or the wrong or you make a choice... You can actually kill off a character in the game early, and that's it for their story. No more. Yeah, done. Instead of three playable, there's two playable. And like yep. you've cut out, oh, what, six, seven, eight hours of the game, just gone. Just yeah. gone. Boom, completely. like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, the uh, one thing I loved was the... Uh, the flow charts. The flow charts. That's the yeah. word I was looking for. I was going to say waypoints. Yeah, I'm like, what? No, the flow charts is awesome because it shows where all your choices are made throughout each scenario... And how many different outcomes there were and how many like different ways it can go. Yeah, and you can press buttons to see like the percentage of what the rest of the world did. Like my my ending where only one percent of the world had done it. Yeah. Because which I it was, thought that was really awful. special till I found out what it was. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was like, wow, man, you are awesome. What did you do so special that only 1% of all gamers did? Yep. Um, and I'm like, oh, I, I guess I can say it, can't I? I killed a character off early by accident. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's possible, so. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's just the poetic, beautiful way he did it that made me just. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, I don't want to say on here, but no. yeah, I. It was, it was just good. stupid, and yeah. Yep. Oh, and I have a, a tip for anyone listening here. If you are, you know, you're obviously playing this on PlayStation because it's exclusive. But if you have a bunch of mates and you're all thinking about getting this game, and if your mates don't listen to this podcast, do me a favor and play some other games first and let them finish it before you because the game is so fun when you have other friends who have done it before you and you can see in the flowcharts, you can click on just your friends to see what percentage of your friends did certain decisions you know, differently or the same as you. It's, yep. just, it's so interesting. Like, it's cool seeing what the world did, but there's just something a bit more personal with your friends when you see like, oh, 50% of my mates did this or like, oh, none of them did this. I'm the only one out of like these. And then you can actually talk to them and like call them or like speak, speak to them about it and say like, so you didn't do this. What happened for you? Like, it's a huge part. It almost makes the game multiplayer to me. Like yeah. you share this experience in this full different way. What did you think of the performances of the characters in the game? See, I think they are they have a little bit of leeway in this. It's hard to to gauge because they're they're androids. Yeah. So some of the acting did seem a bit like bland, but it's like how much of that was on purpose and how much of that was bad acting? Yeah. But okay. having oh, said thought- that, there are also some really beautiful acting moments that are like genuinely moving. I felt that Marx's actor was the most flat especially when he's giving big speeches about the android revolution yeah i just felt like it just came across a bit flat it didn't get me hyped up for what was coming i was just like oh it's a bit deadpan yeah and 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 took me out of that moment which i was so looking forward to you know yeah like he wanted to be moved yeah yeah see when i say moved i kind of mean more like the um the intimate times like when kara's talking to Alice or like yeah. speaking with other people in her group yeah, and so on. But Connor in, in the other way, I think Connor did a great job of acting like an Android, but showing like cheeky little human nuance. Oh, the, the best relationship in that game, in my opinion, was that between, um, Connor and, um, Hank? Anderson. So good. So yeah, good. Yeah, like the just buddy the cop banter sort of between thing. them was just amazing. Uh, that's one of my favorite things that i got from this game i just loved every scene with them in it It yes so good so i like this fact as well which i heard which i'm glad i heard before jumping in but that each of the characters also had completely different like um sort of uh, directors of photography so the mood and the angles and everything like to do with the visual aspect of their world and how it's presented is done by a different sort of visionary using the same tools of the game so it always looks the same like you know same engine obviously but it's all like the mood and the lighting and how everything is like portrayed is completely different for all three and they also have three separate composers for every character oh wow okay yeah which is just brilliant I, and it really without even knowing it changes the mood when you play each each segment and you're okay. just like taking like you're taken right into that person's world and you're like, all right, yep, cool. I'm in Connor mode now. Okay, bam, now I'm Marcus and I'm feeling like I'm in this section of the story and it's done like 
like the Marcus stuff had like all these sort of um, more dreamy and kind of like a orangey sort of looks and like a, a very hopeful kind of score. Whereas the Connor stuff was like clean and blue and like crisp filming and like uh, very sort of still cameras. Whereas like the Cara stuff was like a lot closer and intimate and in your face and like more sort of softer colors. I just, I think that's so clever and, and beautiful. Like that attention to detail. That's, especially that's great. That's great isn't attention it? to detail. Um, another yeah. thing you, you're talking about then that you swapped between the characters, like the scenario length was great because it's sort of like, it's going along this one timeline, but you're switching to the different characters at the same time as other stuff's going on. Yep. Yeah. And I, I felt Absolutely. that each time you switch the character, that character's little scenario for that bit was just long enough that you're like, yep. oh, okay, I'm kind of ready for something new. And it's like, right now you are playing as Kara for the next 15, 20 minutes. Okay, now you're going as Marcus. And it was that constant switch between the three, which kept it feeling quite fresh as you played through the game. That it didn't, yeah, didn't like get a- stale. Yeah, like a good sort of TV show, like, a, you know, Walking Dead or even better, like a, a Game of Thrones, how they jump between just enough. Like they're telling you, here's what's happening over here in this part of the world. Here's what's happening here. Uh, and, one, thing I, one thing I didn't like, though, was that yeah? there was no run button when you're moving around scenes. And oh, man, it needed a run button. Sometimes it just dragged a bit. I'm like, all right, just please let me just run over there. No, I've got to walk over there really slowly. Oh, now I've got to yep. walk over there really slowly. And it just... We talked about it was good pacing of the scenes, but it would have been just a bit better just being able to just move some things along a little bit quicker. Yeah, like obviously they run automatically for you in running scenes, but it's like sometimes I do want to be running here. Like if I'm looking for a place to stay, I want to run around yeah. quickly and check buildings instead of like walk across the street. And yes, la, and then la, la, la. walk across the other street. And then actually I should go back and check over there. Oh, I forgot to yeah. check down all the way down there. Okay, I'll, yeah, it was just a few times it got to me that there was no way to just run as, yeah. It, I know they were trying to keep it all, you know, set the scene and stuff, but then I could walk in the middle of that road and just walk in circles if I wanted to, which would look odd anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, and, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I, and I had, uh, like, another thing was, and this is, uh, it's, it's hard because, it, I mean, it's creating replayability which is so most of my bad points have a good counterpoint so like one of them is like so so many hours can and will be missed if you only play through the one time yes like there are flow charts that are just blank you know like so normally when your flow chart comes up it highlights in blues the decision you made and then in like a sort of gray there's all these locked things that that they said like if it says like you open the door it'll say it in blue but then there's something else gray there that you know you don't know what that means or like you ran away or you yep. you left it closed or whatever and some full charts are just all gray like pages and pages of it in the end and you're like yeah but again the counter argument is when the game finishes instead of having to replay the whole thing they let you choose chapters so you can just play that one chapter and see how it would have panned out yeah which is just it's awesome. It's like they thought of everything. Again, another bad thing I thought was that the game is a little bit handholdy in parts. Like, you're just kind of pressing through and, and everything's a bit easy. But then, because of that, it makes you feel even more stressed when the stakes are suddenly real and it, things are happening quickly. It like, you, you're like, I, I felt like my heartbeat was racing and I'm like, wow, I'm not even like controlling the movements or like aiming and all that, but I really feel involved and like scared here at these moments, like real stress, which is kind of cool. And 
one other thing that I thought was bad, but has a good counterpoint, is that this game is obviously not for everyone. Like, it's a little bit like a walking simulator, just slightly faster paced. But having said that, I feel like everyone can play this. Whatever your skill is, like your mom, you know, your, your kids, your girlfriend, people who aren't really into gaming, I think all actually can do this. Some things are like tricky and fast, but they'll just fail and move on. And like the the story, you know, molds yeah. itself to that happening. And then like a lot of the things like opening doors and choosing what to say is all really easy. Like you just press X to say, uh, no, I don't want to do that. Or So yeah, even though the game's not for everyone, it's also this counterpoint that everyone actually can give it a shot. All right. So um, having said all that, how many carriages do you officially give this out of 10, Callan? Okay. Well, I am going to give it an 8.8 out of 10. Nice. Um, I really enjoyed the storyline. The character of Connor was awesome. I felt that the game needed faster movement at times. And the concept of having to open doors with turning the joysticks and things like that get a little irritating. Yeah, okay. But uh, it it was a really, really, really great game. And I was a bit sad when it finished. And I was sad at my ending because I messed up big time. Yeah. Yep. All right. So well, yeah, eight point out. I think it was a very, very solid game. Uh, I'm interested to go check out Heavy Rain, which I haven't played net before, so let's see oh, what that was like. Awesome. So and you uh, get that for free, don't you? If you is yeah. that just a pre order or is that anyone it, who gets this? Oh, uh, came with the digital download, so yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah, you're gonna love that. I can't wait till you play that. Yeah. Um well, my score, I think this might be our closest ever. I had here that I was gonna give it a eight point nine carriages out of ten. Wow. Yeah, so very super close. It was like, it nearly was a nine sort of game. The only thing that really brings this game back for me it, is the fact that it is like, just not for everyone. It's it's like, yeah, just that sort of um, playable movie kind of thing. Like, not everyone's going to be into that. But I think for what they had and what they were working with and the style of game it was, they've just done a, a wonderful job. The the story is it like, I mean, it's, there's some, was. I, I was hearing some people say like the story is quite predictable, but it's like, well, no, not really because of how many different versions of it there are. Like, I don't see any, there are some predictable versions of it, but there are some totally unpredictable twists all throughout it. And I think it, it kept itself exciting, but um, yeah, it was just a little slow at times. If you go in there expecting like constant action, which it kind of looks and feels like being about androids and revolution and blah, blah. There are like soft, slow moments, but like, if you let yourself get lost in its world, it's a it's an experience that you'll really love. So that's um, Detroit. Become human. My name is Kara. My name is Connor. My name is Marcus. This, this is, is our, our story. story. Uh, okay, so that brings us, ladies and gentlemen, to games of our lives. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the games Games of of our our lives. lives. Uh, This is a segment where we talk about our favorite game of every system we've ever owned. Now, this one is a little bit of a controversial one because we had to split the PC. We're jumping into PC here, but we had to split it into two different sections. I wanted to split it into like 5,000 sections, but Kellen was smart enough to say no. Uh, And we split it into pre-2000 and post-2000. So this time... We're going into um, PC post-year 2000. Callan, what yes. was your favorite uh, game? Well, there's a lot of PC games that came out in the last 
18 years, you know, notable sure ones. Are. Notable ones, including like Half-Life 2, StarCraft 2, etc. Um, plus the hundreds of other games. But I didn't play hundreds of other games through that time because I was no, playing just one game. Yes, yes, you were. <laughs> World of Warcraft. <laughs> All right. So that's that. <laughs> that's that. And people have heard me talk about this game before. Look, this game, the biggest MMO ever. Like It, it turned MMOs into a mainstream uh, sort of um genre it hadn't yeah, been before really that, quickly too you know yeah it, it was ridiculous um and then they were on like seven expansions or whatever they're still going they got another one coming out this year battle for azeroth yeah it's just mind-blowingly massive that game just ridiculous so that's mine yeah there's not much you need to say on that like if you don't know about world of warcraft i, I could sit here and do a whole podcast just on world of warcraft yes but, yep and yeah. i i could just turn off the no anyway um mine is a lot more recent which you know like 18 years to choose from that's like almost three full generations of consoles which is why i wanted to split it up a bit more but seeing as i had to just choose one um the one that made me feel the most uh moved and entertained at the same time um was firewatch oh okay yeah, that was, that was right. my yeah. for for experiences wise on PC. Like there was so many like awesome games like Half Life Two and all that. But I played them on Xbox 360, and like all these kind of sort of really cool other things like that. I've just kind of missed out on or just didn't click with me. Like I've always been quite predominantly a um, a console gamer, but I've got this beautiful PC sitting here which can run whatever. Like, but you know things like The Witcher Three, which I could have played on PC and had a beautiful experience with. Or Skyrim. I played all those on console. So for me, the first time I played Firewatch was on a PC. And that game just floored me. I didn't expect it. It was short, quick, easy. But like the characters and story and voice acting and the visuals were just... Yeah, just they really stayed with me. So that's mine. So uh, we'll move on real quickly now. We're starting to run out of time. Just because there's so much to talk about. But uh, we're going to move on to our passenger queries. And this time, uh, Callan, you asked something a little bit different. That's right. Instead of everyone goes through E3 predictions, we did that last week with uh, our passengers. We asked the question, they put in their responses for what they'd like to see or predict that will be at E3. I thought, all right, let's turn it around. What don't you want to see at E3 this year? Nice. Don't you want to see at E3? So we had a couple of people write in. Um, Our resident questionnaire himself, Reef Atkin, wrote in. And he said... I don't want to see any more delays on the Final Fantasy VII Remake. But I know yeah. that's more than likely and it will probably happen. I kind of agree with you, Reef. I After they bring it in-house, we knew it was going to be a lot longer to come out. So Yeah. yeah, It might not even be at the show at all. No, I have a feeling they've just completely started from scratch and that's another five years away. Yeah, which is really sad. So maybe it'll be for what their... Uh, 25th anniversary that they release it. Yeah, and wow. I, I think it's a I think it's a PS5 game. Yeah. Uh, he also said he doesn't want any long distance release dates. If the game isn't coming out for over a year or two, then bloody announce it at the next E3. Again, I agree. Sony did yep. this a lot last year. They'll just drop. Sony does it a lot. They were just dropping trailers, which looked awesome, but they weren't even giving year dates on it. It's like, give us something. Yeah, it's like as soon as they have a concept, they share it. Yeah. Just to kind of keep you, like, they keep that carrot waving in front of you, you know? 
Yep, dual Bethesda. Keep the cards close to your chest and then just go bang, full house on the table. People will love it. Yeah, that's true. But I guess that means that once those games come out, people are no longer talking about your company. So, like, Sony wants people constantly talking. I mean, it's not just yeah, but Sony. People it's are the still developers constantly of the talking games. at Bethesda. Like, what are Bethesda going to do this year? And then they announced Final Fantasy 76. Uh, Final Fantasy 76. Jesus. No. Wow. Uh, whoa. <laughs> I, mean, no. I guess it's the highest counting one. <laughs> Fallout 76. And everyone goes, whoa. Okay. And they've got people talking. And then hopefully they do announce it as being a this year thing that you can play this year. Like. And then people go, wow, Bethesda did it again. And then they anticipate Bethesda's next presser at EF3 going, whoa, everything they announced, they're dropping this year. What are they going to announce this year? Well, at Sony's, they're like, all right, guys, what are you, what are you selling for us in uh, 2021? Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. And also, the last part of Reef's answer was, um, he said, also, no new consoles yet. I swear I'm going to go broke getting new consoles and getting games all the time. Again, I agree. I don't think this Fully generation's agree. over yet. Yes, it's still got it's still got a bit to go. I want. I mean, people are saying there's like another year or two, but I want three or four years. I think like it's such a solid, beautiful generation right now. Like you see your your God of Wars and you know like your Horizon Zero Dawns, and you're like, come on, I could do that for another three or four years. Yeah, I feel like this generation hasn't peaked yet. No, but I mean, having said that, they always seem to peak right at the end anyway. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, I'm expecting from Red Dead on to be that peak period yep, that, yep. that we get. And then, yeah, I'm thinking next year we might see the hint of PlayStation 5 being announced and then 2020 it being released. Yeah, maybe. I wish it wasn't. I mean, I know, just I know. I, I'd one, like but... a bit longer, especially now that we've had this mid-generation of the One X and the PS Pro. Yeah. Um... Yeah, if those if those hadn't have come out, yeah, I would have really anticipated next year being a, the drop of the next gen. Yeah, but oh, we'll see. Um, so thank you so much for that answer, Reef. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, that was uh, great. Also, um, Andrew Natoli of the Inconsolables podcast. Oh, hey, in. hey, hello. hello. Um, go check them out, guys. You can find them on iTunes, etc. The Inconsolables uh, three three guys just talk games they hate loot boxes on there so <laughs> nice ask them questions about loot boxes i know i do all the time um <laughs> anyway um andrew writes in ready for it he says no full stop more full stop battle full stop royale full stop <laughs> he's over the battle royale craze carl yeah oh this is a bad time to be over it but yeah, uh, and- i feel like it's only just getting started Oh, exactly. And he knows. He says also, yes, this is highly unrealistic. So he is aware of his pipe dream of no one talking about Battle Royale at E3. But, oh man, I'm sorry, Andrew. I Um, think we could see it at every single press event, bar Square Enixes. Oh, I wouldn't rule Square out. I mean, they do Desadia, which is like a big fighting game sort of thing. Imagine Final Fantasy Battle Royale. Royale. No. Yeah, I could see it, man. <laughs> I could, dude. Like, Desadia is not too far, you know. Oh man, yeah. So, oh, mm. Mm. we'll see. And then here's us talking about like, do you reckon there'll be four or five? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, yep. we got to move on. Uh, yeah, but well, thank you, Andrew, so much for that. Yeah, but oh, yeah, legend. Thank you, guys. Yeah. And, of course, if anyone, if you ever want to ask us questions, you know, you can do it right on our Facebook, 
facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast or um, jump straight on our website, which is just gametrainpodcast.com. There's a question section at the bottom. Chuck us, chuck us a line, ask us anything. And um, also, as Callan has been saying, if you want us to check out anything specifically at E3 that you've heard about, and there are like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games being shown. Like we know just from like all these sort of indie companies that have been reaching out. So if you've got any whispers of things that you know are going to be there, but you're worried that the bigger guys might not check out, you know, let us know so we know specifically what games to beeline for and ask the questions for you and have something to tell you when, when we come home. Having said that, that brings us to the end of our show, which, yep. as always, means we're going to jump into our lame train, love train, and hype train. So right. let's start, as always, with the lame train. All right, Callan, let yes. us uh, know your lame train. Okay. Let's hit this one quickly. I'm getting sick of all these early leaks and announcements for Eve 3. What yes. happened to Eve 3 being this major event where everything gets announced then? I feel like we've, we already know half the stuff, maybe even more, that's going to be shown at Eve 3 now. It sort of takes away that surprise and suspense leading up to it. It's like, it's like peeking at your Christmas presents before Christmas. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. I, I so agree. I think my lame train was similar last, last episode. Mm. How about yours? 100%. Mine is um, Red Dead Redemption 2's, like, uh, you know, extra offers that they're giving with all the um, the pre-orders and their DLC. Now, normally, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of all these extra bits and pieces, but some of their pre-order bonuses have just kind of really got on my nerves. Like, I mean, even that whole big box not including the game, that's fine with me, but some of them are, like, offering extra things in your single-player game to help you, like a faster horse or faster-loading Deadeye, which, um, you know, is a bit worrying because it's, like, pointing to the possibility of having um, microtransactions in the one-player game, which we know they don't have in, uh, like, GTA V. We know they have, like, heaps, and they've been making billions of it in their online game. And that's fine if they put it in the Red Dead Redemption 2 online game. Um, And that connected to the fact that with their pre-orders, and they've got like a standard, a special, and a super edition, they're they're also offering GTA Online dollars with it. So you get like $50,000 if you get the standard pre-order, and you get a million if you get like, you know, the medium one, and you get 2 million GTA Online dollars with like, Red Dead Redemption 2 pre-orders. I don't know. I just It really annoys me. It's like, guys, you have enough ways and avenues of selling your GTA Online dollars. Like, you've made more money than any other entertainment entity in history on the planet, period. You don't need this. Leave Red yep. Dead Redemption 2 be its own thing and, and be beautiful. Like, just give it its own identity. Stop making it, like, the other thing. Like... It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be so awesome on its own. So clearly that's my lame train. I'm hyping up, but uh, I'll calm down. That's what it is. Nice. So, love train. <laughs> what are you uh, loving this last couple weeks, Callan? I'm loving all these early leaks and announcements for E3. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Yep. No. Good. Good work, Callan. Good work. That's that was fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. It's so true. I'm just like, all right. Well, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Fallout 76. Like, you I'm have like, a goddamn Whoa! problem with this whole thing, Callan. <laughs> what? 
you're the goddamn problem. I know, I know, I know. I'm just like, oh, it's like that thing. It's like, I don't want this, but it is so cool at the same yeah, time. Absolutely. It's like, what great news. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's my love train. I'm just been loving all the leaks and announcements before E3. Wow. Nice. I can't, yep. I can't help myself. I go looking for them each day. And then I'm like, well, I wish they had hidden that for E3, but it's like, Peeking at your Christmas presents, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting a skateboard. Yeah. But it would have been cooler to open that on Christmas Day. Yep, absolutely. Well, yep. mine is very simple. Mine is, I, I am just loving being in and intertwined in this gaming industry. It's something I've always dreamt of doing, and now we're here, and we're really feeling the effects of it, like getting all these emails from all the different game developers and asking us to schedule different times to be shown their games and, and spoken to. It's um, it's nice to just like, you know, like answer all the emails and say like, okay, when can we do this? What time do we have this? And what time do we meet here? But it's also good to step back and, and kind of like for me at least realize that I'm currently living uh, young Carl's dream come true. Like, hey, young Carl, we did it. We're doing it. <laughs> like, this is awesome. So, you know, I'd be crazy not to just take a moment every now and then to just go like, holy crap, I'm here. I've, you know, like, it, and it's just so exciting and fun and interesting. So while it is, and I'm not like some jaded, like, oh, this industry is just so crap, you know, before I get there, I just want to just appreciate, stop and appreciate this opportunity. And I just think it's amazing. That's I've my I've noticed a lot of that from people that the industry go, oh, yeah. It's like, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Take a step back and look where you are first. Like, yeah. There are plenty of things to do in this planet, man. And if you yeah. don't like this, like, yeah. no one's holding don't, you don't down. Don't sit up there on a panel and whinge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh. Anyway, all right, that, that's for another day, that one. All right. That is for another day. Uh, okay, so, give me your hype train. Hype train. What is your hype train, Callan? Uh. Mm, yeah, not much, hey. There's nothing no, sort of... No. Actually, okay, look, both of ours is obviously going to be E3, right? Well, mine's a bit more specific. No, hang on. I was going to then ask you, okay, both of ours is, is E3. I was going to say one game. Don't list cool. off 10. Give me one that you are hype amongst, uh, above all else to see or play or get a release date or announcement. Just one. Well, my sentence here before you even said that is... Spider-Man for PS4 playable at E3. That's my hype train. Yep. Cool. Yep. <laughs> so that was easy. And you? Um, look, uh, one game. Week, just one game. Hit me. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Nice. I, I I got so hyped when I saw when I heard it was coming, like because I wasn't expecting it. Yep. Yep. That's true. I, I don't I don't understand why. Yeah. But, but it's, it's the one that's got me the most excited to to check out. You can't hide your feelings, man. Love is love. Uh, yeah, ancient Greece. Come on, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, mm. ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of episode 39. Uh, so next time, look out for E3 Express trains and updates over the next two weeks. And also videos dropping. There's going to be a lot of of content so um and don't be too scared they're not going to be like as long as this episode they'll be like five minutes seven minutes ten minutes here and there you know just like smashing stuff so jump on there if you want to check out what's going on and see what we're up to but um yep we don't even know some of the content we're going to be dropping yet 
No, that's half the excitement. Like for for example, if we it. see Snoop Dogg roaming the halls and we get a chance to speak to Snoop Drop, Snoop Drop, Snoop, Snoop Dogg, Drop, yeah, <laughs> we'll be dropping Snoop Dogg content. Yes, yeah, we will. So, um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm Carl Smith, and I'm Callan Davison, and this has been Game Train. Yeah.